Welcome everyone to Fergo and the Freak. I'm your host, the Glorious League Freak, and today I am joined by the York City Knights media manager and somebody that I have known through the internet for, as you said before, about 18 years, Gavin Wilson. How are you, Gavin? I'm very good, thanks, mate. Good to be on. How are you? I'm pretty good. Pretty good so far, anyway. <laughs> um, good, good. Now, I wanted to talk to you about York's bid for a Super League club because I've watched from afar York slowly work their way towards building up as a rugby league club. Um, I watched from afar with the, you know, they're getting involved in the stadium and, and, and getting a share of use of the stadium that was in York. And now they've officially made that step of wanting to become a Super League club. Um, you've been involved in the club for a number of years now. Uh, do you think that the club is in a good position now to step up to Super League next year? Yeah, definitely. I think um, everything is weird. It's kind of everything's all just falling into place perfectly, really. And if we get the nod uh, tomorrow or, or today, I'm not sure the time difference. Um, yeah, I think it's uh, a really exciting time for, for, for Rugby League in York. Um, we've been slowly building since... January 2017, since since John Flatman, the current owner, took over. Um, we've gone from strength to strength each year. And, uh, yeah, I think we're in a, a really good position at the minute. It's really exciting. It does kind of feel like it's an organic move forward for the club, doesn't it? It doesn't feel like it's too early. It doesn't feel like it's too late. You know, they, they haven't had sort of hurdles that they've overcome and have knocked the club back too far. It just sort of seems like maybe it's the natural progression for the club at this point. And especially now, I, th I always felt like getting that stadium sorted out, which I know I know you were a big part of really fighting for that stadium and, and making sure that the club was involved in that. Um, having that stadium there to use for the for the whole region of York, the York, York City, um, it's a big... Big carrot for the rugby, well, not the rugby football league, but Super League itself, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I think um, it's a it's a real jewel jewel in the crown for us. Um, it's 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 something. It's a facility. It's a, a multi million pound, fifty million state of the art facility, and it's uh, it's something a, a city the size of York has, has been crying out for, for for two or three decades now. So um, to see it all finally come to fruition, it's 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 really great and. Um, yeah, like I say, this opportunity that's come up with Super League, it's uh, it just feels like perfect timing, really. And uh, since since John Flatman took over in in January 2017, and alongside James Ford, and the whole the whole way that we've developed year on year and gone from strength to strength, but it's kind of the the way the club is run, it's always run within its means and sustainable, but it's very flexible in the fact that we can we can react to certain scenarios and situations, and we're we can develop and so i mean if we if 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 the worst happens tomorrow and we don't get the nod then we're we're not going to be too despondent because we've we've built up a fantastic strong top end super league uh, top end championship team that i would expect would compete really well in the championship next year which would be a fantastic division in its own right um but if we get that nod to super league then we can very quickly transition the club between now and march the 11th into a a full-time Super League club with a full-time squad, and the the players are ready to go. The the James Ford's ready to go. They've already had preliminary in, investigating talks with with potential more full-time squad members to add with the with the added salary cap and investment. So um, 
yeah, regardless of the outcome tomorrow, it's going to be a really exciting year in 2021 in, in that brand new stadium for York. And uh, yeah, I'm very excited to uh, to be a part of it. And you bring up a, a really good point. Like, this isn't make or break for this club either. Like, there are some of the clubs that are bidding for this where if they don't make it in, they might just give up the ghost completely. There's other clubs where if they don't get in, they're like they're going to be like, well, what are we doing? You know, trying to push for this. York feels like a, a really, it's a, such an organic situation that it's like, yeah, okay, we'll be a one of the stronger championship clubs, and that's not the end of the journey because, like all good clubs at that level, there, there'll be the opportunity to build strength and you know work on juniors and stuff like that, just bringing in more fans to the, to the club with success in the championship and uh, looking forward to maybe the next opportunity as well. And that's one of the cool things I like about the York bid is that it isn't that make-or-break situation, so that's really cool to see. Um, it, it is a very quick turnaround if they announce any, whatever club gets in that has to be ready for basically, you know, February, March next year. Uh, do you think that that's something that is doable for for any of the clubs? Or do you think that it would might be better if they pushed it out a little bit further, um, even a, an extra year? Because it's such a quick turnaround to build up the, even the player strength, especially now with the, I mean, the play markets are all basically closed. Um, if we was in this situation ten years ago, then yeah, then I would maybe consider that. But the the championship division in 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 England has has developed so much over the last five or six years. I think part of that was helped by the uh, the, the 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 setup with the the middle eights a few years ago. I know not everyone was a fan of it. I thought I thought it was great fun. But um, the that the the top end of the championship certainly the. The, the clubs that are all there fighting now, like, like Toulouse and, and Lee and, and London and, and even even Bradford, as, as much as it pains me to say it, but um, and, and York recently in the last couple of years, all these kind of clubs and the facilities that these clubs now have, they, 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 are, they are Super League potential clubs. And I think it's going to, the, the turnaround to develop the club from a top-end championship into a, a club that would compete in Super League is... is 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 a much smaller turnaround than it than it would have maybe have been a decade ago. Um, I know York are only a full time team at the minute, but with the facilities we've got, with the new stadium, with the training facilities we've got, with our fantastic partnership with York St John University, our facilities are, are world class. I mean, a number of World Cup teams are using them in the Rugby League World Cup next year. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I think we've got everything in place, and and it's basically just a kind of it's. I mean, James Ford is already full time. He's one of the best young British coaches in in the game. Um, we're very lucky to have him. Um, he's our first full time coach, and, and he's gone from strength to strength. He's, he's and he's already got plans in place to 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 get that squad full time. So, I mean, if we get the nod tomorrow, I wouldn't be surprised if if the entire squad was all full time by the end of the week. They've all signed their new contracts and they're already raring to go. Um, I'm not really privy to that kind of chat with between John and Fordy that's between them two I, I'm just the guy that puts the tweets out and, and <laughs> makes sure what is presented in a, a positive vibrant way online but um which is a lot of fun for me but uh, yeah I think I think we're I think we're ready and we're airing and I think all the other clubs would be too surely you've got the ability though to, to guarantee a five million dollar contract to Sonny Bill surely <laughs> 
Yeah, I wish. Um, yeah, I mean, if, if he if he wants to come, we could maybe hook him up with a job at the chocolate factory as well. It's kind of, uh, There's yeah, a chocolate no. factory in York? Oh, mate, we're famous for it. We used to have three back in the day. We had Nestle, we had Terry's. Um, yeah, it's great. Great. It's one of our industries is chocolate in York. Really? Yeah. See, I don't, I don't know much about York. The only thing I went through, I think I went through there in a train once, and now you've got a train museum, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. Well, we were, we were one of the one of the pioneering cities in the in the in the rail, the steam train era, and the the industrial revolution. Um, yeah, uh, York. It's it's got a long a long rich history. Um, not just the industrial revolution, but all the way back. Like you've got like the Minster and the Romans and Yorviks and all that. We've got. We've got a real exciting history. I think that's what part of what makes our bid quite attractive is the fact that we're we're quite a destination city. We're one of the top top cities in Europe that people want to visit, not just the UK but entire Europe. So um, yeah, we're a very attractive, we're a very attractive city, and I think would be a lot of rugby league fans would fancy coming to York and and not just coming for the Sunday afternoon, but coming for the full weekend. You know, like coming across on a Friday night enjoying Friday night and all day Saturday in the city and then taking in a rugby game on the Sunday or should we get into Super League having the Friday night game and then enjoying the weekend in, in a in a beautiful city. So that's one of the exciting things about our bid is that we we bring a bit of vibrancy and mm. and a bit of a, a bit of freshness to the competition, I think. Yeah, and the other thing too is that it isn't a, a massive expansion in terms of geography, but it is definitely taking a step towards that direction. And the city of York, I mean, it's it's world famous. It's it's kind of strange that it isn't the biggest place in the world, but it, it literally is world famous. And uh, it, it would be a great addition to Super League. And I, I think the other cool thing would be that if, like, you think down the road, can you imagine having a, a clash between York and New York? That would be awesome. Yeah, how cool would that be in, in a yeah. domestic league coming up against each other? Yeah, Old York and New York. The the publicity really writes itself for that one. But um, yeah, it's like you touched upon there. Like that's kind of what our whole bit has been around. Like it's centered around the the phrase Heartland expansion. I know it would normally be a bit of a bit of an oxymoron there, but I think to us it, it makes perfect sense because we're kind of. We're not on that M62 corridor that the the, the 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 game is kind of seen to have been contracting into recently, and it's all a bit parochial. But no, we're 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 kind of we're out we're out of that. We're about forty miles from from the nearest Super League club to us, and and North Yorkshire as a county is one of the largest counties in in the country. And yeah, and got, I mean it's it's we've, we've you know yes. there hasn't been that mid step ever in in Super League at all. Like, I mean, me and Andrew on the podcast have been talking about, like, why has nobody ever looked at expanding to Birmingham? Because it's not that far away from the heartlands. It's a step. It's a city. It's a big city. And it's like, it's weird that those mid-steps haven't been taken where in Australia we we went to Canberra and then we went to Illawarra and Newcastle and then we went to Brisbane and we took those steps before making those really big big expansion leaps. And there hasn't been that in Super League really at all. And so York is an opportunity to do that midway step and, you know, actually add something to the game while you're doing it, though, at the same time. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think we, we, if if York were to get the nod, I think we would, we would, we would expand the footprint of the division into quite a big area in North Yorkshire without any kind of 
top top level rivals in 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 football or in rugby union or even in rugby league in, in North Yorkshire as a county. So we would we, it would be it would be expansion, but it would be it would be measured and it would be cautious and we would be slowly slowly spreading the roots. And obviously with Newcastle getting the nod to go from League One to the Championship last week, which I think was the the correct decision. It's brilliant. They're yeah. a great club, Newcastle. They've got great facilities. They've got great backing. Their junior systems that they're setting up up there are, are brilliant. They're bringing they're really bringing a culture of rugby league through now. Um, and I would love to see Newcastle as well, even elevated into Super League down the line, and, yeah. and that kind of it's a much more organic kind of expansion. And I think if maybe five or six years down the line, we've got York and Newcastle in Super League, along with a second French team in Toulouse and, and London Broncos, then I think you'd, you'd, you're starting to get a picture of a, a properly national division then, rather than just one that's played across two counties, across one motorway. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, now, with York, I mean, there doesn't seem to be any natural rivals. Like, I would have thought that maybe Newcastle, maybe, but, like, is there anybody that York sort of thinks, oh, those... Those lot don't like them. <laughs> um, I think back in the day they used to have like quite a good few ding dong tussles with with the two whole teams and mm-hmm. and even Cats. There was quite a lot of player movement between players between York and Castleford um, towards like the late eighties, early nineties. But that's kind of I mean I was only born in eighty seven, so my uncle was playing professionally at that time, so that's how I got into the game. Um, so yeah, it's all a little bit before my time when York were really truly mixing it with the big boys when they had the likes of Graham Steadman and, and Tawary Nickow and stuff. But it'd be really exciting to to bring them days back in 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 modern new facilities. And I think we could, if we were to get the nod, I think we'd quite easily strike up a good a good friendly competitive rivalry with with Hull FC, with Hull KR, with with Castleford, and with with Leeds Rhinos as well. Um, nothing would please me better than to. To be to be beating Leeds Rhinos by two points on Sky Sports, you know, a brand new stadium on the opening round in March, it'll be uh, it'll be a great event. Yeah, I would sign up for that. That'd be nice. Um, the with with York, I mean, people probably don't realise. I didn't realise until I looked it up. York has a very very long history with. I mean, the the first club was a, a soccer club and a rugby union club at that time, and it was like the mid eighteen hundreds. And then yeah. the rugby union club switched to the uh, Northern Union competition, and I think it was 1901 from memory. Um, and that club went through for many years, and then it, it shut down uh, not that long ago. But do, does the do the York City Knights consider themselves a different club from that previous club, or did they uh, did they take on that history as well? It's um, it's a, it's a bit of both. It's mm-hmm. it's really quite an interesting one. Uh, I mean, in in 2018, when we were in League One, um, fighting out with Bradford Bulls um, for the League One division, um, which was a great year. We had a great competition with Bradford Bulls that year. Um, that was actually we had 150 years above our crest because that was 150 years since the original York team was founded, um, yeah. and obviously say it wasn't even wasn't even rugby league or rugby union back then it was just rugby it was the only thing that was known then and they played on the Navesmire on the racetrack and and borrowed a, a grandstand from a, a local cricket team and and had portable posts and uh, oh, yeah, yeah so they, it is a long rich history and 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 
there's no reason why we, we, we should forget that or neglect that. Um, mm. I know obviously it went through a real tough time around the, the turn of the century and it fell into it fell into the wrong hands and, and it was mismanaged a little bit. But since it was since the the old club went under and York Wasps were sadly no more in two thousand and two. 2003, the the club came back as York City Knights, um, fully rebranded and and with with new with new people at the helm under new control. Steve Ferres, who was a, a very popular administrator at the time, and and Roger Dixon was the chairman, and 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 it was they brought on Paul Broadbent and and Lee Jackson and Chris Smith and Graham Hallis, you know, players who were who had a bit of pedigree and mm-hmm. real brought. Up to the to the team back then in 2003 and the the crowds they came flocking back we i mean we went from having like 150 people watching rochdale put 90 on us as your wasps to two years later having three and a half thousand people there watching us watching us put 70 on workington mm-hmm. so it's a funny thing how how fast things can develop in sport and but when you've got a successful team people are going to want to come and watch it and support it and it's it's it feels different this time. It's it, with the Knights under John Flatman. It's it's much less boom and bust, and it's much more calculated and measured and and steady growth and trying to realise that potential, especially moving into the new stadium. Um, it's really exciting. So we do like to remember our history and and celebrate it of the of the previous club and the history of the sport in the city. Um, but yeah, we like to we like to move forward as a. Uh, a, a modern progressive club that's uh, that's ready to rock. Yeah, and it's it's going to be interesting. Like, uh, you know, if they get the nod, it's going to be very very exciting to have a team from just a completely new area for, as far as Super League is concerned, um, and all the marketing that comes from it. It'd just be so. I mean, it's a layup, York. You know, on the York City Knights. Um, now, turning away from from that discussion we talked about this really briefly before we we started the podcast talk that the nrl is looking at investing in super league and getting a a basically a 51 percent share of super league now me and andrew have talked about it on the podcast before but we haven't actually talked to anybody from england about it what are your thoughts on it and do you think it's a good idea or a bad idea like i I tend to think it would be a really bad investment from the NRLs on the NRLs behalf. But what do you think? Um, well, it's it's really interesting. Um, I think, I mean, I'm, I'm very wary of things like private equity deals and, and things like that, and, and losing losing control, less control over of, of, of what your what your product is in return for for, secure, for like short-term security in return for less control over the long term. But if if Super League are looking down this road of, of private equity, I would much, much rather that the 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 percentage, the fifty one percent, is in the hands of people that know the game, that want the game to grow and have the best interests of the game at heart. Um, and I think that Super League, if it were to 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 release that kind of amount of control over its own affairs, um, I think there wouldn't be anyone better really than than the NRL. You've obviously seen that how how well they've done commercially over the last decade or so, and and with Peter Vlandes at the minute really taking the game by the scruff of the neck and leading them through an unprecedented year, like one of the most turbulent turbulent years in 
in in global history, not just sport. So, um, and he's done a fantastic job. And if he was to add some of that news to to the UK UK Super League, then um, I certainly think that some exciting things could happen. Um, obviously, I'm very wary about it, and I, obviously, there have to be a lot more meat meat put on the bones. I mean, it's only from a, an initial Sky News report last Wednesday or Thursday, I think, where this has come from. So, and um, apart from that, I've, I've no idea what what the actual deal entails, or how much it entails, how much money is involved, or how much percentage of a stake is is lost. So, but. On the face of it, I I wouldn't be I wouldn't be just dismissing it out of hand straight away. If the NRL were looking to invest in the UK Super League or maybe even create a global NRL brand, it's something I'd be as a fan I would be quite excited about. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what they brought in because I think that I mean some of the things I think they'd have to do I think they'd have to lower the salary cap to like they did in the NRL in the early two thousands to bring costs under control and to be able to make a profit, and not so much for the NRL side, but just for the game in general, to be able to get its finances back under control in the UK. And then from there, I mean, it's it would be really interesting to see if they decided to basically pick and choose some clubs to go forward with Super League and then add expansion clubs, or if they took the current Super League but put a timetable on expansion. Um, but... It, I'm like you. I really worry about these deals with giving up any control of a competition because you never know what the you know what the result's going to be. I mean, if the NRL come in and said, "Look, we're going to kick every single team out of Super League and we're going to make brand new teams ourselves," like they'd have the right to do that to a certain extent. So, I I, I also I'm like you. I worry about deals like that. Um, you know, I, I was surprised that it had become a lot more official this last week. There were rumours of it for a long while, but now that the NRL itself is actually going public saying, yeah, we're actually in talks, it's really interesting. And, like, I, I don't know if – the thing that worries me about it all is we've seen Super League and Super League clubs – and and even in lower grades, different different levels of the competition, you know, they'll move from control from the rugby football league, and then they'll start Super League as a different entity and all sorts of stuff. And I would, if I was the NRL, I'd kind of be worried that if they bought Super League and the clubs weren't happy with the decisions that were being made from that point on, that the clubs wouldn't just walk away from it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it'd be an interesting one, but I think if the NRL were to come in, then they would they would have the best interests of of the game in UK Super League at heart because it'd be in their interest to make the the UK Super League as as profitable as possible because it would be a return on their investment. So I think you know, like a a, a rising tide rises all boats, doesn't it? So mm. um, it would be it would be it would be an interesting one. Um, but like I say, I would have a lot more confidence. I mean, if the Super League do decide to go down this route of private in the private equity, I would much rather it went to the NRL rather than some some hedge fund in Hong Kong. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that one hundred percent. What were your thoughts on what happened with the Toronto Wolfpack this year? I mean, they basically stepped up into Super League at probably the worst time they could have done it in a hundred years. Um, yeah. You know, it was just every single thing that could have gone against them really did in the space of about two months. Uh, yeah. 
but the I think the thing that really angered a lot of people was there was a lack of support and there was there seemed to be a a real willing willingness to kick them out rather than to try and keep them in. What were your thoughts? Yeah, I, it was such a such a massive shame. Um, I was a big advocate of Toronto Wolfpack uh, from day one. I was very excited about what what they could bring to the game, not just to the UK Super League, but across the world as well. I thought they had that that transatlantic appeal, and and to go from from a, an idea on the on the back of a back of a beer mat in in 2015 or whenever it was, to then pulling in crowds of ten thousand in in the second second tier of of UK rugby league in a in a in a in a city on another continent was just absolutely phenomenal. Um, and I think the game, not necessarily just Super League itself, but the game. Yeah, like everyone involved needed to kind of cultivate that and and do everything they could to kind of and and expand on that and and really help it like grow and make strong roots there. Um, it was it's such a shame that everything happened the way it has. It's it was just such awful luck. Um, obviously, the way the way getting things wrong even before the pandemic and that had to be acknowledged. Um, but they were a brand new club and they were going to make mistakes and they were going to be have slip ups here and there. Um, I think they needed every chance, and I think with the the right backroom staff in place to help support the ownership group that was there, um, and some different decisions. Obviously, hindsight's a great thing, but had they made different decisions at different points, then they might still have been around. But obviously, no one could have predicted a, a, a worldwide global pandemic that would shut down shut down the entire world and and, and travel and, and sport. And obviously, the the Wolfpack didn't get the same kind of protection from the government in Canada that the the sports teams over here had um which if had it not been for the furlough scheme in in the UK from the UK government then i think eight well probably 80 or 90% of all rugby league clubs would have gone under by by may or june so um yeah it's 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 so unfortunate and i hope they can come back at some point in in another guys maybe down the line who knows what happens i mean who knows what the nrl's interest might have they might want to try and pick up that transatlantic interest again but obviously it's um lessons need to be learned and um but i think there's there's something there isn't there there's there's embers there's embers of a, yeah. a, a flickering flame of interest i mean you don't you don't get ten thousand people coming to a sports event every other weekend in in toronto without without just off, out of good luck um yeah it's uh it's a shame but i'm i'm still hopeful maybe it's because i'm just a a naturally positive guy, but I'm still hopeful that something can happen there. Yeah, same here. It's uh, I have a feeling if the NRL did come in, I think that that would be one of the first things they talk about is bringing Toronto back. Because as you said, it's like I don't think anybody has seen what happened in Toronto and wasn't absolutely shocked at the support they got immediately. And it wasn't just – you know, it wasn't like they were getting three or four thousand people, and you were like, "Oh, that's a bit surprising." Like getting ten thousand through the gates and having the the Toronto media behind them, and to, it, for it to be such a giant media market, it would be the biggest media market, bigger media market than any of the ones we have in Australia. Um, yeah. It it would be really hard for the NRL to turn their back on that if they were going to buy Super League. Um, Looking towards the World Cup, now you, you were talking about how there are a couple of World Cup teams going to be based in York. Um, what are your thoughts on the World Cup? Do you reckon that we're definitely going to have the World Cup? It's probably a, a lot more 
likely now that we've got the vaccine, the COVID-19 vaccine is starting to get rolled out. I think before that it was a bit up in the air, but I guess now it's a little bit more of a positive outlook that in a year from now we'll be playing international rugby league over there in the UK. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm always naturally positive anyway. I've been thinking that all, all year. I was supposed to be getting married this year in July, but obviously that got cancelled, but we moved it to next July. Um yeah. I've no doubt in my mind that I'll be I'll be getting married the first weekend in July next year with with all my friends and family there and mm-hmm. and all our friends and family there. There'll be 160 people and we'll all be we'll be sinking some some serious beer that year. But um, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean I've no doubts about it. Uh, the vaccine's been rolled out over here now. I mean it it started last week and I think over 100,000 people have already been vaccinated. Oh, so um, yeah, I mean I'm very positive. Hopefully I'm high up on the list as well. Obviously we're spinal injury as well i'll be i'll be i'll be tapping up the hospital very soon to hopefully try and get in the front of the queue there um, yeah like were you, you know, oh, sorry we'll talk about the world cup first then i'll ask you about the because the, i i haven't talked to any from run from the uk about it for a while so i'm interested to know what's yeah. going on you know yeah but no um i'm fully 100 percent confident that the world cup's going to happen next year and I'm, I'm really excited about it um 2013 was the last time that we had the World Cup over here and it was an absolutely fantastic five weeks. Um, we had great crowds, we had great games. Um, one of the one of the most heartbreaking yet incredible days of my life, that, that semi-final at, at Wembley Stadium with New Zealand and Kev Sinfield shooting out the line in the last minute. Like, why Kev, why do you need to do that? <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm quite. I'm 100% confident that we're going to get some more unforgettable moments and memories like that next year, and uh, not just in the men's game as well, but the, in the women's game, in the wheelchair game too, and and the the physical disability tournament as well. So there's a lot of a lot of inclusiveness and a, a lot of exciting moments to look forward to next autumn. Have you ever taken part in wheelchair rugby league? <laughs> I have not. No, Murderball, the lights call it, don't they? Now. Um, no, I, I'm uh, I'm much happier reporting on the game from the sidelines uh, mm-hmm. rather than, than doing that. But um, yeah, no, my uh, my spinal injury is, is just slightly too high up, so oh, okay. um, yeah. I don't actually yeah. have like use of my my wrists or fingers are out. So I think I'd get uh, I'd get taken out pretty quickly if if the ball came to me. So uh, yeah, no, but it's it's a fantastic sport and it's really exciting to watch. And uh, yeah, some it's real physical as well when you watch it, kind of. When you're watching it in real life, when you're in that sports hall, it's uh, it's quite shocking, like some of the impacts you see. So, um, but yeah, no, it's it's great fun. Yeah, I feel like it would like I haven't ever attended a match, obviously, but I feel like it would be one of those things where you, when you're in attendance, it's like, oh shit, like they, these guys are really smashing each other out there. Like someone's going to yeah. get hurt. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it's great fun to watch, and uh, yeah, full credit to them. I'm sure they're going to put on a great show next autumn, and I'll be uh, I'll be looking forward to getting to a few games. Now, with COVID itself, right? You you live in York, yeah? Yeah, yeah. So, like, York is one of the places I haven't heard about in terms of COVID hitting places pretty hard. How's it been in York? Um, so York um, is is been. I mean, I say it's it's. It's an unfortunate turn of phrase, but the, the, we've been okay. We've been quite lucky with it, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, obviously, there has been quite a lot of deaths in, in and around York, and that's that's really sad. I mean, it's obviously it's sad to lose anyone, but compared to some of the rest of the country, we, we've managed to come out of it relatively, you know, relatively intact. Um, there was a there was a pretty, obviously, around March, April time, when it went up right across the country, it was pretty bad, but we all locked down pretty quickly, and we were quite 
quite safe and sensible about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we were all right through the summer. Um, and then towards the end of September, it was when the when they, the two universities, all their students came back um, from the two universities at York, which is obviously quite a big influx. And the rate went pretty high um, mm-hmm. throughout October. Um, but then started dropping again throughout the beginning of November when uh, when it had burned through the uh, the university halls and whatnot the virus so um, yeah we're still we're pretty back back pretty low again now is our rate so hopefully we can be sensible over Christmas again and and keep that rate rate as low as possible through January and February and then but obviously by that point um, hopefully we'll be we'll be seeing the majority of the the people that need it uh, vaccinated. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's. A going to be interesting to see how we we see the rates fall with the vaccine now in place i re, i was reading where they said it basically because you need the two shots obviously but they consider you to be vaccinated after you've had a month after that first shot you have to get a second shot i think after 21 days after the first one but it's going to be interesting to see what the rates do um after that time period um you must have been like, like, was your lockdown more of sev- your personal uh, lockdown? Were you more severe about it than most other people? Yeah, yeah, because I'm actually considered uh, as, as vulnerable as a way in inverted commas um, because of my spinal injury. So, uh, yeah, we locked down. Me and my partner Alice, um, she went on furlough straight away, um, and then we 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 locked down kind of. Uh, we, when was it? the national lockdown was the 23rd of March we actually went down a week before the 16th so um, yeah from the 16th of March to the 4th of July it was just me and Alice in our house we had weekly doorstop deliveries of, of our shopping and mm-hmm. more Zoom quizzes than I can care to remember I'm still psychologically <laughs> damaged from then Zoom quizzes but uh, um, yeah it was tough but um, we got through it really well um, me and Alice yeah we, uh, we, we obviously had a lot of support from our friends and family, um, either through the windows or through the laptop screens. But, uh, yeah, we, we got on really well. And, obviously, we still want to marry each other, so we must have done all right. So, uh, yeah, yeah um, I think after 2020, I think uh, after a year like this, if you can survive a year like this, you can survive anything. Yeah, exactly. It's funny, you know, I, I didn't really need to go into lockdown too much. It was very different over here, the situation. But I, yeah. I kind of was able to, so I did it voluntarily. As soon as I let up, I just got regular influenza. And it was really yeah. sick. It wasn't COVID-19 because I got tested. But I got regular yeah. influenza and was sick for about two months. Fucking terrible. Um, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, it was just my luck. Um, <laughs> ex- excellent. Well, look, thanks for coming on and talking about York because it's it's really the – a lot of the other one, a lot of the other Super League bids are getting, you know, a lot of media attention, and York is kind of just working away there in the background, and has got a really good case. And I wanted to to talk about it on the podcast and talk to somebody that was that knew what they were talking about, and who better than to ask you? Because I know you've been involved in it for a very long time now, and it's been really cool to see, you know, from seeing you support it from very early days to, you know, seeing where the club is now and seeing that you're the media manager and the stadium's there. It's it's a really cool story to see it from afar for somebody that, as you said, we've kind of from a distance known each other for about 18 years. But, you know, it, it would be so cool for you if they got into Super League. So I wish you all the best. Yeah, thanks a lot, mate. Well, I mean, it's like it's my dream job. I really am living the dream because I'm a, I'm a York lad. I'm a rugby league lad. Um, so to be doing the media managing 
and and promoting the club that I love as a fan is uh, it really is the dream. So I mean, even if I didn't do this job, I would still be on the terraces every week. So um, yeah, it's great, and I, it's an honour and a privilege to do this job. So um, hopefully, I can keep on doing it to the best of my abilities and and really spreading, showing the the, the club in a positive light as possible. And if that's in the championship next year, great. If it's in the Super League, even better. Nice. Um, where can people find you? Uh, we're at yorkcitynights.com. We're at facebook.com forward slash yorkcitynights and twitter.com uh, forward slash yorknightsrlfc. And what about your, I don't know if you want to give out your personal Twitter account. Twitter.com slash Gav Wilson. That's me. Yeah, and I would say to everyone, give him a follow because I've been following him for years and years and years, and he's a really good follow. He talks about uh, rugby league a lot, and uh, he's one of the few people in England that I think is kind of on the same sort of wavelength as I am. Uh, he's got a way, he's way more foul mouth than me, that's for certain. Um, <laughs> all right, uh, Gav, thanks for that, and thanks to everyone for listening. Uh, we'll see you again soon.